Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker, and this is episode number 362 of WP Water Cooler, Why You Should Client-Proof a WordPress Website. Sponsored by ServerPress, Maker's Desktop Server. Check them out at serverpress.com. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me over at Jason Tucker on Twitter. My website is jasontucker.blog. I'm Steve Zanko, the founder of Zeek Interactive, and I run the OC WordPress Meetup. I'm Sandy Reed. I make WordPress, teach WordPress, preach WordPress at Sandy Media on all the things. Uh, my name is Russell Aaron. I do things with WordPress in Las Vegas. It's Jason Cosper, aka Fat Momoweg. Check us out at patreon.com slash WP Watercooler. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and click the bell. It'd be cool because then you'll be notified when we go live, which happened to me. It was so weird. I looked, I was like, what? What's going live? Oh, yeah, it's me. That's awesome. All I can think now is ring my bell. <laughs> ring my bell. Oh, wait. Does that mean we just copyrighted? I can't, I can't, I can't hit the high part on that one. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to be talking about the why of why you should be. Um, <laughs> yeah, why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> The why? That's not a why. Yeah, <laughs> That's an M. You literally made it. Oh, an M. The why is the big one. You put your arms visual out. Jokes. We're here for the visual jokes on this podcast. Oh man. So yeah, let's 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 begin. So last week we talked about you know how you should, and we thought we would go around and say why we should, right, Steve? Yes. Like why we should actually do this? Because <laughs> we're paid. For. I think it's what did what did we talk about last week? Well, you how know why you should proof? you know how you yeah what yeah how you should client proof a website. What day is it? How are you? Yeah. What show are we on? <laughs> Everything's the same. So I think I think to start off with this, why you should do it. I think for me, it's more along the lines of like making sure that the client doesn't break the website I literally just developed for them and spent months on putting together and getting going. So that would probably be like my reason why. But I don't know if that's the, the client's reason unless why. You're trying to break the internet. Well, and, and it, 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 it's also to, 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 I hate to say it this way, but to save them from themselves, right? You know? Yeah, I was going to say that. Protect, protect them. Yeah. My clients like to tinker. A lot of my clients like to tinker, right? And so as soon as you, as soon as you give them over a WordPress website, they're going to start messing with things, right? And if you can make it so that there are less things to break or less things that can go wrong, you you should uh, do that. I actually have a question about that because sure. uh, we talked about this briefly a couple of months ago. I don't really remember when some episode ago, go search on Google about Gutenberg. And we were talking about that Gutenberg is actually, you know, fairly gives a lot of power that they didn't have before. It was just the text editor to the user. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this because I haven't built a full, I, I, I've implemented Gutenberg in component in some components on sites, but those are mostly sites that I'm doing stuff, doing that build on. And I haven't turned over a full Gutenberg site to a client yet. And I'm wondering Steve and or whomever, are you, are you styling every block? Are you like, what, how are you client proofing? I guess you say why, but how are you client proofing Gutenberg? 
how are we client proof like all the different blocks so that they show up and they can't like you know build a monstrosity but can still stay within like the site styles yeah that that depends right and so some My of the favorite default, answer yeah some of the default gutenberg blocks and some of the ones that come with some of the libraries that we've mentioned give you know, give you some design capabilities right mm-hmm. uh, not a full page builder but there are some design capabilities like color choices font choices things along those lines and so i actually haven't client proofed you know a, a gutenberg site but i would look to ways to limit those font choices, color choices, sizing choices to match a style guide, right? All of this, I think all of this really uh, you know, kind of stems from having a style guide, staying true to a style guide, establishing a style guide, coming up with protocols uh, so that as you move moving forward, the things that you add or your client adds to the site match that style guide, right? As soon as you start introducing design choices, you have the ability to fall outside of a style guide. And that that's where things start to break. And I just did air quotes for anybody who's living who's listening on on on, on audio. Because uh, it doesn't necessarily break the no. site functionality. It breaks the site's what would you even call I, I guess design, but in a way it's 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 look, but not just not yeah. necessarily yeah. it's design, but it's 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 cohesiveness is what it actually breaks, right? And all of a sudden if you're on a page and you're like What's this font? Why is this font in this color? And now suddenly we're back in Word, and, and you know every letter is different color. But <laughs> Actually, and, you can't mm-hmm. do that at least with Gutenberg. You can't change all the letters. You can only change per block. So mm-hmm. there's you know that's good at least. And and since I mean since we're in in this industry and we kind of deal with this every day in all the design these design things, it's easy for us to say, okay, well here's what's wrong with this website. You look at a page and you say, okay, this font is different, this color doesn't match, right? This is out now out of ADA compliance because the contrast is 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 wrong. right. And so you know it's it's easy for us on this call to spot that, right? It's not as easy for our clients to spot it, right? So they may look at a page and say, well something feels different or feels off or feels wrong, but they can't articulate uh, specifically what went wrong. Right. And they'll and so hit publish. Those things, those things are, those things are more subtle. Yeah. And they'll hit publish and then yeah. their clients, their customers will go to that site and it just doesn't feel as professional. It doesn't feel as cohesive. And then, you know, that's like kind of, it's not so much that they break the site is that it's a slow degradation of the, the prototype. And I think that that is yeah. it's like a drip, 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 like that takes away from the impact and the the full something. And, well, and ultimately, yeah. well, it's like you were saying that. Yes, you were saying that last week. Say is that you don't claim the website after you've handed it off to the client, which I totally get because yeah. I, I have the same problem where it's like you built the site, you made it look great, you gave it to them. And then they figured out how to get in and get in and start changing things that it's like, it's great. I want them to change stuff. But then, especially with Gutenberg, if you start moving around a bunch of blocks and stuff that were not styled the way that they should have been, essentially you're having to build like an entire theme with every single known piece or build a video game with every level that the person's going right. to go to, regardless if they'll make it to there or not. I mean, you so, know? you know, building custom themes is one thing, but like I, I have always, we talked about this last week too you know, have used like fields, if we need something to be in a certain, you know, if this 
word or this title or this section of the page needs to be in a certain font or design element, then, you know, we put it in a different field so that it automatically does that. And the client isn't responsible for, for styling that. But, you know, with Gutenberg, it really, it really doesn't allow, allow for that so much, which is one of my big hesitations currently this is why I was asking. Cause I'm actually, this is actually a dilemma I am currently facing. So, so let's bring it back around to the why, right? The reason this is important is because if your client or if anybody has the ability to break away from their brand or their style right. guide or make the site feel less professional, right? right it's going to affect your business, right? And the, these are these these are a little their bit more business. Their business, yeah. But uh, that's what I mean. I mean their business, right? right? It's a little bit more indirect, right? But if the site doesn't feel cohesive or professional or mm-hmm. it's off brand or any of the things that we just described, then the perception is that the, you know, that the, the brand or the company isn't as professional as they're, as they're trying to convey. If it's an e-commerce site right now, your site feels a little bit less professional and that's going to affect your sales. The word I so like that's ultimately the result janky. here. <laughs> it feels janky. janky is janky is perfect. That's a great word. That yeah. is actually the technical term for it. That's the technical term. You're like, this site is a little janky. I'm not sure I want to give them my credit card. Like that, that's the, that's the, you know, and if some, something can look totally professional and actually be sketch and not even selling you anything, but you're like, I feel comfortable. Well, not me or probably us, but people are like, I feel comfortable putting my credit card in here because it looks good. It looks like something's happening here versus a, a perfectly legitimate small business site that may not look right. And then it raises those, those red flags for the client. It's the difference between going into the Apple store and going into fries, right? That's a good one. Right. You know, the Apple store, it just, it just feels a certain way. You walk in there, right. And, and everything is on brand. It's cohesive. It's consistent. It it just, there's a certain feeling, right. And you pay more as a result. You walk into fry. Well, and then you disappear because it doesn't exist anymore. That's maybe not not fries now. I'm I'm thinking about fries, right. I'm thinking of, has anybody been to a fries recently? There's a whole blog post. Yeah, it's great. They sell soda. No, that's the thing. Oh, It, it, I'm, I'm, this is a tangent, but but do a, do a, do a search on YouTube for I think it's Fry's walkthrough. Uh-huh. Right before yeah. right before COVID hit, there was a whole investigative kind of investigative report on Fry's. I went into a Fry's about three months ago. Fry's are empty, but they're still there. And they they're, all have that weird design, like the moonscapes or whatever they've it's, got. It's, it's not even that. Like they're not even they're not stocked anymore, and there's nobody working there. You walk in, it's like a ghost yep. town. It's very weird. Anyway, that's a tangent. Fry, yeah, fries that's become an example of of a website that if you walk in and it doesn't feel right, you're like, mm-hmm. hmm, "What's going on here? Are these people going to actually ship my product to me, or are, you know, is this someone I want to trust my business to?" That's yep. why. Well, I, I think if, like, for instance, if we went if we went back to the the e commerce side of things, let's say that you classified everything with certain categories. And, and the person went and created a whole new category and maybe didn't set it up right so that mm-hmm. that new category would automatically show up on the website. So they start throwing everything inside, you know, like, like, like kids toys, like boys toys, and then you put in girls toys, but then they made another one that's like male toys or, 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 or. I know. Keep I, going. I, I, keep going no, no, keep going. Keep going. Wait, 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 wait. Jason, how do you tell if it's a male toy or not? 
<laughs> but right. let's just say that you classified this incorrectly. So on the website, the website's expecting things to show up in this one category, but they got into a totally different category. Right. Um, by by, If you didn't set up the site to say, like, show all categories on the page on this one category list and also make it so that when you go into that category, it has maybe the header and it has all the pieces that it needs to have in there. The person, you know, you have their customer going on the site and they're looking for a specific thing. The header is going to be missing because it wasn't in there and it's expecting it. The category may be not even showing up in the list because you have a very, you know, finite list of categories. Things like that would make their site look bad. And maybe they're launching a new product and now no one's buying it because it wasn't set up appropriately. I would argue that you need to style all of your category archives. So if they do make a category, it will show up properly and not just break. Actually, a current client site that I have... They create uh, that I've been detangling for like forever. They have some page templates set up that are like super hard coded. They're page templates. But if you just create a page, it's it's like what is even there's like it's all sorts of chaos and nothing's on there. Right. And there's no header. And it's like you can't just make a page and all of the page templates are specific to specific pages so they've created a site where you just can't make new pages it doesn't even like they're like we don't even know a page which is kind of i would argue one of the most default aspects of a website (laughs) yes but the the more the more you give the ability to add features where the end user gets lost Mm. right or has more Uh more clicks to get to the destination the more again it affects sales especially on an e-commerce site the more I argue that if you if you don't have a way to to just get to the buy page very quickly, get to the product page very quickly, you're going to affect sales. Or the call to action page, whatever that Absolutely. happens to be. Or or just having a call to action, right? A consistent call to action should be part of your style guide. I I also with the creating the pages, not to talk about the the call to action, but. Do you have clients who just create pages that are in now no order? There's no sub page. They're just like the page, the page list becomes just this like monstrosity of drafts and uh, duplicated pages and pages that aren't in their sub page proper parent header. And it's just like you go in there and you're like, what are you even doing in here? This is 10,000 pages. So, Switching yeah. gears for a it second. Goes back, well, yeah. That goes back to the style guide because what yep. that it's not just about style and design in in my mind. It's really about workflow. Like when you're content creating structure. Website, yeah, content structure. This isn't just how the site looks because that's that's what everyone thinks when they talk about design. But design is so much more than just the colors and the look, right? It's how do these pages fit together and how does this content mm-hmm. fit together? So I would argue that a style guide is even a limiting term for it. Because that doesn't imply that you should look there for the workflow of creating a new category or creating a new page. And that that should have some some structure as well. Like if you're going to create a new page, you need to be able to be sure that it, you know, these pages go here and these pages go here. And, you know, that that that's one way to to prove it. What were we going to say, Steve? Sorry. I was going to say, just switching gears for a minute, one of the things that we turn off on all of our client sites, some 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 don't care and some hate it, is we turn off the ability to add new plugins. That's smart. Right? And 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 we do that because when you add a plugin, if you just add a plugin and activate it, you are at that point cowboy coding, right? You are oh adding God. new code. You are adding new code to the website. 
updating plugins. We just we disable that as well. Updating plugins is again it's cowboy coding. You're adding code that you haven't tested to a website. So a you could break the website. B adding new plugins willy nilly is just a bad idea, right? Any any plugins, but especially plugins that have front uh, an effect on the front end. Right. And specifically, I'm talking about plugins yeah. that add JavaScript to your, your site. You don't know what kind of effect that's going to have on your website. I have a client who, well, they're someone I help with their website anyway, and they brought someone on to help them build out some pages. And that person was trying to solve some problem. I had nothing to do with this. And they installed a caching plugin. And then caching problem didn't solve the caching plugin did not solve that problem. But what I did do was somehow, and I haven't quite figured this out yet, because of course I have to go in and untangle it, is remove page revisions. So now the page revisions are not there. And then the client needed to go back to a previous uh, version of the page. And I'm like, where'd your page revisions go? <laughs> now that's just disappeared. And now we're just basically untangling this whole thing because that that plugin was put in there with no knowledge of what that plugin was even going to do. And it was done as a test, just like, let's see if this works. Let's throw some spaghetti on the wall. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's, it's a that's, live that's, that's literally what it is. It's literally what it is. They're like, Page is revision is a work? Is work? huge I don't know. one. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many times I went to a meetup where we talked about re- turning off page revisions because it it adds bloat. Yeah, it adds bloat. It's it's essentially making a revision, you know, for every time you change something on, you know, one of those posts. Um, users need that. People like us, we probably we we come up with our own ways of of making sure we don't break something before we you know change it. But yeah, plenty of them now, I, do, and I, they need to hit that undo button. I, I still break stuff all the time, even though I have. Uh, <laughs> have I was trying to make it sound good. Else. Come on, Prosper. No, 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 no. Well, sometimes you can just Pope. take it on your keyboard, and it sends you off that page, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh shoot, it didn't have a backup. It didn't have the autosave. I need that." Like that's just that could be like a hand slip. That doesn't necessarily have to be like you don't know what you're doing. That means you hit the wrong. You close the window, or it should ask you if you close. This the is window. why I don't blog. As- As someone who's worked worked in web hosting for ages and has had to run departments of tech support people, I mean, a lot of solutions when somebody, you know, comes along and says, hey, my site is slow, this is slow, that is, you know, things aren't doing what they should be doing. Half the time, and not everybody, but hosts often go, oh, we'll try this plugin out. And in see and Steve immediately shaking his head, say shake your uh-huh. head, like yeah, <laughs> don't do that. Oh yeah, just just install this optimized plugin. Just install this. Just add a a caching plugin. Just turn plugin off and... all your plugins to see which one the problem. Right. That's the other. <laughs> just, just yeah. Go ahead and shut them all down. I'm sure it won't affect anything at all. What could possibly go wrong? I don't know. And then turn them all back on and see if you notice a difference. One of the other things this, is, this is a problem, though, in terms of DIYing your own website, right? Like, even, you know, it's not just WordPress, but obviously WordPress, really, it, the whole core thing here is that you can do it yourself. You're doing this site. But I think what it really comes down to is after you can and you totally can, but should you 
you know, should you do it if you don't, should you be installing plugins if no. your, if your income oh. depends on that site, <laughs> right? Like this is a level, if nothing depends on it, if it's like what Jason always talks about, your no. grandma's cat blog, and it doesn't matter, you know, install all the plugins all day. But if people are coming to that site and they're forming opinions of your business and it affects your branding and it affects your your employees and your livelihood, then you probably shouldn't just be winging it with this aspect of the site. Like you wouldn't so, wing your taxes. You know what I mean? You're, well, maybe some people wing their taxes. <laughs> you shouldn't so, wing your taxes. You shouldn't. Don't, don't wing your taxes. If there's any, if there's one takeaway from today's show, don't wing your taxes. Oh no, that's it. Really? Yeah. No. Um, I was going to say, I mean, again, back to the why. I mean, the reason you don't want to just install plugins or you also don't want to necessarily update or install plugins on your production server is, A, it could cause your site to be slow, right? For many reasons. There's all kinds of reasons that can happen, right? It can, it can cause bloat. It can cause your site to crash, right? You could, your site could just go down because you're adding plugins. But one of the one of the background issues that I'm concerned about is, Let's say you're in a sales situation where somebody's just testing a plugin. You activate a plugin, you deactivate mm-hmm. a plugin, right? Just to see what it does, right? What you're not realizing is that plugin may have just added 10 tables to your database. Right. And they're yeah. just Never sitting there. there. They're, right? just, they're there. just They're now they're there, right? And that by itself is, pro- is, is not really a problem, but... I've I've taken on I've taken on projects inherited projects before where and one of the first analyses we do is we look at the database and we we look at all the tables in the database and compare it to the active plugins right because I want to know what tables are not necessary anymore and sometimes I've literally and I, this is I'm not exaggerating here I've had a hundred extra tables in a database that just were not necessary because of plugins that used wow. to be active at one time or were tested and ha- are now no longer there. And so there's, there's a lot of effects that plugins have on your server that you might not know about. Or even possibly worse is they leave them all on, you know, in the case of there's like multiple slider plugins that are all on. Oh. I, have a, I have one site that has actually an active client site. This is the one we're retangling. It has multiple 301 redirect active plugins well that gives you that gives you better redirection more more redirection plugins gives you better redirection right they're both being used i'm being i'm being sarcastic i don't even know what is happening so like i can't even detangle it because oh my god what what (laughs) is even happening there like that is like this is one of those things where i'm like we just have to scrap this and the hard part is explaining that to the client because they don't see, they can't tell what the value of that is. And so explaining to them that you have to detangle something that they can't see and they don't understand the impact of, that's maybe one of my most complicated parts of my my work is to be like, well, this thing you can't see is really important and, you know, it's causing problems. And they're like, is that causing the problem that's right in front of my face right this second? I'm like, no, but it will cause more problems. <laughs> And it's probably related to that problem. Go ahead, Cosper. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Cosper. Take it away. I was I was just uh, going to make a joke about two two three hundred one plugins. That's like a six hundred two redirect. That's way better. Um, oh man! I, listen, I just for for the audience, and this is a, this is a running joke on this show. More 
redirection plugins is not better, right? More slider plugins, yeah. more SEO better. plugins, more caching plugins is not better. More SEO plugins, you need you need one of each, if at all, right? I recommend zero slider plugins, but if you're going to use a slider plugin, use, use one. Plugin. Do not use, use relevant use one, not more than one. Revolution, revolution, <laughs> revolution. Oh my lord, it is a nightmare. I don't know if you have inherited on any sites. I've never installed and, it on anything, but it is, it is, and mm-hmm. I don't usually, you know, we don't usually single out specific products, but. And, and so mul- multiple SEO plugins can actually cause your site to have real problems. Multiple right. caching plugins can actually cause your site not to work. Right. And so those, these things are, are important. I mean, the 301 thing is is definitely a problem because you, if you don't know where the site yeah. is, it could really impact your SEO. And this could really just impact even your site functionality. You're like trying to build a page and you're like, why does this page keep going to some other page? And it's some hidden, you know, thing on a plugin you don't even know you're using because it's buried in settings. Well, and, and they don't even and- realize that it's on. If you're using Yoast Premium, yeah. I think it is, uh, redirections included right. Right, in, in Yoast Premium. And but that's, if, that's if, the way to do it, is to use one plugin that can do, because 301, uh, 301 redirects are an SEO issue. And so using it is part of an SEO plugin and not installing another whole plugin that you have to maintain and update and monitor, I think it's worth that extra the extra dollars. Yeah. Oh, and Cosper, correct me if I'm wrong here. I may not get the technology right, but uh, using having 301 redirects as a, a piece of software, as a plugin, is inferior to actually having a host that does it on at the server level, right? And so, if you're with somebody like a right. like a like a WP Engine, uh, for instance, and that's the only one I can think of offhand that actually gives you a panel for redirects within your hosting environment that's a bet actually a better solution than a software solution it it absolutely is basically you're doing things at the nginx level it doesn't even need to hit php at all at that point just so like basically fast, fast. yeah so, so basically the web server sees the request it comes in it doesn't have to spin up a php process and then add all of that overhead so if, if you can do a server level redirect that's way better but that is for you know, the, the people, my rides here, I'm sorry. It, it just popped in the background. I'm not sure if you heard that. Um, <laughs> They're like, get out of here, Cosper. Uh, yeah. I, have a, I have a quick question, actually. Uh, this is a more of a technical question. Do uh, do you use anything, Steve, for short links? It just made me think of it. For short links? Yeah, like um, for for to create like link like something that doesn't have the full page title, which might be the SEO title, but tiny internally I use tiny URL. Just that. Yeah. Nothing nothing for the site specifically. I I use no. one called URLs. URLs? I use one called URLs. Y-O-U-R-L-S. Oh. And it runs outside of WordPress and outside of everything, but there's plugins that will uh, use the API for it to do it. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. Sort Why are you asking? Related. What? Why are you asking? Just because it occurred to me when we were talking about that, and I thought you might have an answer. That wasn't a very good answer, but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they, they can't. They can't all be winners. Jason's done to me in the past. He'll he'll send you a link at on letmegoogle.thatforyou.com. Right. Exactly. I mean, I could have just done that. <laughs> Just burning those last two minutes because you know it's just this the end part of the show is like can say get some some uh, advice please real quick just on what you guys are using. 
right within the last like four seconds. It's, yeah, it, it, that's yeah. It's, yeah, no, uh, um, L L M G T F Y com. Yeah, Jason has sent me several of those. <laughs> what do you think about? Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's what I think. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Can we put that at the end? Like awesome. Well, let's, let's, the, uh, the little jingle, too? Yeah. Can like have a jingle oh, absolutely. That's what I think. It's like I'll the more you know. that happens right this second. Here we go. And subscribe to us on YouTube and click the bell as well. Also, just so you know, this is a podcast as well. It's just a YouTube channel and a Facebook video. So you can go and uh, follow us on any of these uh, different places that you can download a podcast. Awesome. Talk to y'all later, folks. Have a good one. Bye. Have a good weekend.